Hello and welcome to the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly powered by Life Now. I'm Deepan Raj Ganesan. And I'm Ziaul Raushan. The 2021-22 English Premier League season is finally upon us and each week we'll get you up to speed with the matches ahead, review the action and even share some of our fantasy Premier League tips and tricks. And Deepan, that's not all. We might even have some very special Premier League interviews lined up in the weeks to come. That's right. Sit back, get your kit on and join us because this is your new home of English football. This is the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly, powered by LifeNow. Alright, Deepan, not long to go now till kick-off in the English Premier League and that means a few things for certain. Wives and girlfriends losing us football fans for the foreseeable weekends. Sorry to my girlfriend here. <laughs> and my wife. <laughs> Social media is going to be a buzz with optimism and criticism, both from the fans as well as the haters. Yep. And of course, plenty of chatter on the fantasy Premier League picks. Well, that's something I'm really excited for, bro. I mean, I, because I'm a king of FPL, I think just want to put it out there. Yeah? Time will tell, time will tell. To you listeners, he just laid down the gauntlet, try and beat him. Thankfully for the listeners, we at The Final Whistle have got your back. Over the next half hour, we're going to be talking about transfers, of which there's been so many. Look ahead to some of the matches on the opening weekend, and as promised, throw in our fantasy tips and tricks along the way. I just want to say here, I mean, even though I, I have already said I'm the king of FPL, uh, our tips and tricks can go both ways, yeah? It can either make people, you know, go the opposite way of what we're suggesting, or we could be really the number one go-to for FPL in the new season. 30 seconds ago, he called himself a king. <laughs> now he's saying, guys, don't don't believe me, I yeah, guys. To, I have to protect myself, bro. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, that's right, Raushan. You know, the final is a Premier League weekly. You know, it's going to be a show for the fans. Uh, and it's powered by Life Now, home to your favourite live event, bringing sports concerts, shows, workouts, stand-up comedy, inspirational speakers and much more to screens around the world. For the forthcoming EPL campaign, LifeNow will offer single match passes for the Premier League and provide a flexible option for soccer fans in Singapore with the ability to purchase pay-per-view passes for one fixture each week. And we know you fellas listening in love a good giveaway. To be fair, I also like free gifts. So don't forget to go to our Instagram page at the final whistle to find out how you can win three free Premier League match passes each week for yourself. Okay, Deepan, quick question. What's the three words we've heard the most since the Premier League season ended? Mm, uh, it's coming home. <laughs> I mean, I, I have certainly said it's coming home more than once. But I was looking for the other three words. Here we go. Yeah, of course, that's the famous term coined by Fabrizio Romano, the journalist. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That's really become the buzzword for the transfer season. And let's just say we've had plenty of ins and outs. Uh, at the time of this recording, apparently Lionel Messi is on his way to PSG. Um, and he's not the only one, right? We've got Romelu Lukaku from Inter Milan uh, set to swap San Siro for Stamford Bridge. What a signing for Chelsea, Romelu Lukaku. Superb signing. Out and out goal scorer. I think that's something they lacked all of last season. I mean, sorry Timo Werner, but... You're not the guy lah. I think <laughs> Romelu is going to be the guy. Mm -hmm. Just before I dive into more about Lukaku, right? I just want to ask you, Deepan. What do you think Lukaku's best fantasy Premier League tally has been in all his time in the Premier League? <laughs> Those of you listening, if you know the answer, jump in on the comments now. I will reveal the answer because judging by Deepan, I don't think he knows. Wait, so I, I mean, I'm not sure I'll get this answer by the time the, the, the recording ends, but... Or uh, the end of the season, but... Yeah. <laughs> so when you say best tally, you're talking about uh, one particular season. His standout season in the Premier League, I mean, he's played for, I think, West Brom, Everton and obviously Manchester United. But one particular year, he made the most points. So I, I want to know, tell you the year. Uh, I want to know the points. I'll be more impressed if you tell me the points than the year. <sighs> I don't think I'm going to get this. But yeah, let's move on to the transfers. Uh, first and foremost, uh, when we talk about Lukaku, um, do you think that in terms of a, a transfer that Chelsea really needed, because I think a lot of people are talking about the valuation of the transfer, but do you think Chelsea are paying the price because this is what they really need to become bona fide title challengers. 100%. I, I really think it's been one of those seasons where clubs seem to know what they want. We'll jump onto other clubs later. But with Chelsea particularly, they are European champions and they did so despite not having the 100% team. And I think Tuchel earned the right to be backed in the transfer window. And clubs like Inter Milan, Barcelona are there for the taking at the moment. So, mm -hmm. fair play to Chelsea for getting the deal done. It does look like he'll arrive in London sooner or later. Maybe not for game week one, but Eventually, I think Lukaku is going to make a big, big impression, man. Yep, I totally agree with you. I think I can't add much more on Lukaku, except for the fact that I think he's got unfinished business in the Premier League. Uh, I think with the way he left Manchester United, um, you know, giving Greenwood a chance for, for United. But, you know, essentially, I don't think he has achieved what he wants to set out to achieve in the Premier League. So that'll be interesting. 
Uh, another interesting transfer that comes to mind, of course, is Jack Grealish to Manchester City. Ooh. Yeah. Well, those Aston Villa fans saying boo, I think it's a fantastic move. Yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic move for him as well. But do you think that uh, City are spending in the wrong area though? Because I think what they really lack, and I think we saw that in the Champions League final with uh, the fact that they were missing a proper centre forward. Do you think they should have kept their money and spent it on Harry Kane? To be fair, for City, I don't think they need to keep their money. Like, it's one of those teams where it's never ending, right? All money, yeah. but... I don't think they're done yet. I, I really think City will eventually get the striker you're you speaking so, of. Huh? I, I, I think so. I, I don't see Harry Kane playing for Tottenham for the rest of the wow, season. Okay. I, maybe for game week one, he might. But Will he become one of those, the first player to ever score against his future employers and, and choose not to celebrate? Because we always see, you know, uh, players playing against their former clubs and they don't want to celebrate. This could be the first time we see someone... You know, in my mind, right? You watch wrestling. Because in of wrestling, mm-hmm. suddenly the guy will come out, stunner the other guy, they take out the t-shirt to reveal something else. I would love it if Harry Kane <laughs> scores four Spurs against City. Suddenly, that's the unveiling. You know, it's never going to happen. This one, this one reminds me of, I think, Big Show. I think he came on the... I think he joined like Smackdown from Raw. Yes, yes. And then he opened the shirt. Yeah. Then suddenly, it was Smackdown down there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, so maybe this could be one of those, right? But that one, Daniel Levy confirmed yeah. become Stone Cold and stunner <laughs> Harry Kane. La. I, I'm sure of that. For sure, for sure. Um, In terms of other stunning moves, uh, I think we have seen... Now, uh, Grealish finally make that move. Mm. But in terms of, like I mentioned, right, in terms of Jack Grealish himself, do you think he can make as much impact at City as he did at Villa? Because at Villa, he was hogging the ball. Everything was about him. Do you think he can do that at City? I mean, clearly at Villa, he was the big fish in a small pond. Whereas at City, he's going to be, I guess, a small fish in a bigger pond. But Jack Grealish, I think, worth the worth the hype. I, I, I support England. So during Euros, I was one of those clamoring for him to play. And I think... He came on whenever he did and did really well. He's a ball-carrying player. And look, when you learn from Guardiola, you're only going to get better. And we've seen that De Bruyne has become the world's best because of Guardiola. I mean, of course, there's technique. But I think because of Guardiola's teachings, he's become such a good player. And I think Grealish made the move precisely because Guardiola is at the club. And I think I've heard him say in an interview as well, he wants to be the main man for England, which he feels while he's at Aston Villa, he might not be. Because at the end of the day, he plays for a lesser club. So he cannot force Southgate's hand that way. Now that he's gone on to City, he's wearing number 10, which is not easy because Aguero used to wear number 10. Yep. I really think Grealish is going to make a splash, man. I think he's going to do well. It just pains me to see it in light blue, but I think he'll do well. Make the splash because he's a diver or <laughs> No, 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 no. We're not, di- we're not diving into that <laughs> just yet. But Grealish, I'll, I'll have him on my fantasy Premier League team. Lah. Wow, okay. Um, Moving on to the club that he left, Aston Villa. Um, they've, of course, in a sense, replaced Jack Grealish with a f- few signings. Danny Ings, uh, Buendia from Norwich, Ashley Young, and Leon Bay from Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, fantastic signings on paper. Uh, but, you know, Rush, I think we were talking off air and you, and you told me that you don't think Aston Villa will do well. Uh, why is that the case? Wow, putting me under the spot. Of course, bro. You know why? Because I've seen this happen to Spurs before. Remember when they sold Gareth Bale and then they spent all the money mm. on... I remember a photo of like five yes. or six different Charlie, signings. Lamela. Yes. All uh, of Soldado. I, I, are there any... Uh, is anyone left they at the club? They all left. Uh, officially with Lamela leaving, everyone yeah. is left. So that's my fear with Aston mm. Villa. But, yeah. but, but... Apart from Bailey, I think Ings, Bendia, and Young are Premier League proven players. Yep. Let's be honest here, Young is not Young. He's mm-hmm. not going to play every week. I think he's a more elder statesman in the team. With John Terry leaving the coaching staff, I think he might fill that void slightly. Abang abang lah. But for Danny Ings, proven out and out goal scorer, outgrew on uh, Southampton, and that's why I think that move will make sense. And I think Aston Villa is a is a is a team to watch. Despite me thinking all their signings won't gel, I think there'll be some signings who do really well. Ings and Buendia stand up for me. Uh, alternative point from me, I think uh, I was thoroughly impressed by Aston Villa last season. I, th- I think uh, even without Grealish, who missed quite a, a large chunk of the season because of injury, I thought they did well. Um, I think even, even though we don't talk about the signings right now, I think what they have in the squad, uh, I think they added also Morgan Sanson um, in the January window. Uh, he adds to the midfield. I think Douglas Lewis playing for Brazil national team. Uh, that shows you, you know, the caliber of players Aston Villa have. Emi Martinez as well. We can't Amy forget. Ma- now yes, number ex- one as well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think Mings is a terrific defender. I think they've also added Twan Zibi on loan from Manchester United. So I think they've got all these, you know, ingredients for success. Um, you know, later on, we might discuss, you know, who makes it to Europe and whatnot. I think Aston Villa are a fantastic dark horse to, to make it to Europe, I would say. Um, in terms of other signings, of course, we have to talk about Manchester United. Uh, Jaden Sancho to Manchester United. This was, of course, a transfer that probably could have happened last season, but it's happened now. 
Um, are you excited to see Jadon Sancho at United? You know, what do you think uh, United have with him right now in the ranks? I mean, 100%. Sancho to United should have happened a couple of seasons ago, but with good things, you must wait, right? So United waited for a while and eventually got their man. With Jadon Sancho, I think, as I mentioned earlier, the this club clubs this year have tried to address their deficiencies and United are one of them because they've signed a right midfielder, arguably one of the best in the world in terms of numbers, in terms of stats. And he's going to come in and fill a void. But that's not the biggest deal for me because I think what's exciting about Sancho is he fits into Ole's philosophy. Ole seems to like the young kids. Ole seems to like players who can take on a man, who can run, who have pace. He ticks all the right boxes for me and he's blockbuster. I know he's uh, currently Antonio Valencia's replacement wearing number 25. <laughs> but I do fully expect eventually he'll wear number 7 when Edison Cavani calls it a day. And it should be a good move on paper for Manchester United. One thing is, I don't think he's going to make a splash straight away. He's obviously had a prolonged break after Euros, so perhaps he will take a while to come to the picture. But 100%, I think Manchester United have spent their money well and done it in a smart way. Well, you know, everyone's going to be excited about Sancho because naturally attacking players, right? They bring excitement. But what I'm excited for is to see Rafael Varane next to Harry Maguire. Uh, look, I think United's defence um, was something that improved towards the end of the season. Uh, but it was always missing this flagship, in a sense, to partner Maguire. Hard to miss Maguire, bro. So big uh, for him. <laughs> that one, I think from outer space, also probably you could see. La. But I think in terms of just having a pacey defender next to Maguire, that was much needed. I would say even more needed than um, Sancho signing, I would say. Uh, I'm excited to see how, as a back four, Juan Bisaka, Luke Shaw, Maguire and Varane fit in there. Uh, I think that will probably decide whether United are bona fide title challengers or not. Not so much whether Sancho fits in or not. I think it's a defence that will decide. And the way I see it, I think that Varane will take a bit of a time to adjust to the Premier League. I mean, this is very cliche. Right? We will always talk about La Liga being an easy league or, or the Italian Serie being an easy league. But I think with the Premier League, you are dealing with very dynamic attackers. Yep. You know, players who are who are always going to be running in behind you. Can Varane deal with that? I guess we will find out as the season goes on. And I think it's it's going to be a, a point of discussion for us, I'm sure, as a, when the season starts. I mean, when, when you play for Manchester United, you're always going to be under the microscope. Just final point is, I find it mind-blowing that Real Madrid have let go of their first-choice centre-backs, both yeah. in the same window, without any replacement inside. I mean, Florentino Perez probably still suffering a, a European Super League hangover Although or something. Although they did sign Alaba. Uh, fair play, yeah. fair play, fair mm -hmm. play. So, but still, it's shocking that I, my only concern is how easily Real Madrid let go of Varane. For, for a club of that stature. Of course. Mm. And a couple of years ago, when Manchester United signed Bastian Schweinsteiger, I was very excited. <laughs> but yeah. then Bayern Munich let him go very easily as well. Yeah. I'm not saying Varane is in the same stage of his career. He clearly isn't. He's in the prime of his career, if anything. But it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. And I'll just urge caution to the naysayers as well as the fans because I think he might take some time. Yeah, and I think fair point because I, I think when the signing or rather the agreement was first announced, uh, what I told my friends was, look, I, I watched Real Madrid quite a lot last season and Varane really wasn't at the top of his form. Uh, but you know, what is positive is that in the, in the recent Euros, I think Varane had a good tournament with France, uh, even though his fellow centre-backs let him down. Um, like Langley, for example. But I think Varane had a good Euro. So I hope, you know, his form carries on into the Premier League season. Speaking of Varane, another centre-back that has made the move is, of course, Ben White from Brighton to Arsenal. Uh, a 50 million fee. Uh, Roshan, Crazy. Do, do you think first and foremost, like, uh, it's a fair fee? Look, I, I don't want to level this on Ben White. Not that I know him personally, but I don't want Ooh. to level it on him. Mm. 50 million, the market rate, for English players, as it is, is hype. Unnecessarily hype. If he was maybe Spanish... English premium. Like they exactly. Mm. So, Arsenal can't be faulted because Arsenal have seen the value of what a good centre-back signing can do. Whether Ben White goes on to be that cornerstone for their defence, time will tell. But Arsenal had to do something. Arsenal had to make a statement. It's not the sort of statement signings like a Grealish or a Varane or a Sancho or even a Lukaku. But Arsenal, I feel, identified a deficiency and they're looking to address it with Ben White. Ben White did well enough to get into the plane for England. Mm -hmm. So he must be doing something, right? Seen him in glimpses last season. Solid, if not stylish. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think for Arsenal, I know we're going to be concentrating on transfers, but the players they have at the club need to step up. Mm -hmm. I think Aubameyang needs to step up. I think uh, Lacazette needs to step up. But they got an exciting crop of youngsters. I think Saka will relish coming to the season and then Smith Rowe now given number 10, so bigger role for the youngster. 
So maybe Ben White will give them that stability to push on from there. But look, when I look at the North London clubs, which I'm going to bring up next, I think it's going to be a struggle for them. Because I think Spurs as well, there's too much going on. Yes, they signed Romero. Do you rate Romero at all? Yeah, I love Romero. I think he he was voted as, of course, Serie A's best defender last season and rightly so. Uh, and of course, had a good Copa, right? Won the, the tournament with Argentina. Um, I think he's a superb defender, but you know whether the pieces around him are good enough, uh, that's a question, right? Because I think uh, Toby Alderweire has left the club. Um, Davinson Sanchez, you know, when he first came into the Premier League, looked like a solid defender over the last few seasons, hasn't really stepped up. So, you know, who is going to really partner him? Uh, is he going to be Tanganga? Uh, is he too young, too raw? You never know. On the right-back slot, Serge Aurier, you know, some someone you can never trust. Um, on the left-back, is it going to be Ben Davies? Is it going to be Sesenio? You know, so many questions around Spurs. So, I think um, a lot of questions for them to answer before the transfer window ends. Um, you know, up front, I think they have also bought uh, Brian Hill, who looked good in the Olympics. Uh, whether he will be the answer to 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 you know fill the creative void, uh, I'm not quite sure. Like you like you mentioned, I think for Arsenal and Spurs, the problem is a lot of question marks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And whether they will answer this by the time the transfer window ends, we're not mm. quite sure. And with Daniel Levy, it's never going to be straightforward, right? Yep. That guy is a bugger, man. Yeah. Damn difficult to deal with him. So he's going to drag it out. Harry Kane is not going to have it easy, exactly. which we'll touch on later. But Harry Kane is not going to have it easy as well. So to your point, it's going to be long drawn and it's going to hamper already what is a hampered preparation because of the Euros, because of Copa, because of Olympics. Already hampered and then you got all these headlines and then you throw in the English press into all of that. It's just a nightmare. If I were I were Nuno, I'd be like, can I just play football already? And I think that's the most he'll be looking forward to. For for sure. Uh, let's end off our transfer roundup uh, with, of course, Liverpool signing... You got signed anybody, man? Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, of course, signed Ibrahima Konate okay. from RB Leipzig. Yeah. Um, of course, last season, they struggled uh, with injuries to their centre-back pairing, uh, which if you didn't know which planet were you living in, because Liverpool fans uh, were, were talking <laughs> about this everywhere yeah, on social yeah, media, yeah. Uh, with pointing to this as the reason for why they had a bad season. Uh, I think, for okay, I'm not saying that Konate is a bad player. I think he's a good enough player. Uh, but I think money spent in the wrong department, simply because I think towards the end of last season, uh, we did see Liverpool's defence being slightly better I think they've got the replacements in-house already. Yep. Uh, you saw Phillips. I think he was quite a good defender for them, uh, especially aerially. And I think now with Van Dijk back, uh, Joe Gomez is making his way back. Was it really necessary to sign Konate? I take your point. Fair question. They did, did seem to have in-house replacements. But I think with Liverpool, they've learned. They've learned that they need to stack. Because otherwise, what happened last season might happen all over again, right? And with uh, ACL injury, Van Dijk, yes, he's got some preseason minutes. But... How soon will he be up to speed? Time will tell. And I think Konate on that front will provide good cover. And I think Liverpool are a team who are going to compete on many different fronts. And they should, rightfully so. So, I don't think his money spent in the wrong area. It's certainly an area they needed to spend on. But it's not the only area they needed to spend on. For me, I think Wijnaldum leaving on a free was weird. Uh, somehow he left. I mean, it happened to Manchester United when Ender Herrera left for PSG as well. But this season, Liverpool haven't signed a replacement for him. They're going to rely, I believe, on Curtis Jones coming through the ranks. And Curtis has done well fleetingly, whether he's your replacement for Wijnaldum, who I believe played all 38 games and started 34 last year, you know. So that's going to be big shoes to fill. And up front as well, I think last year they lacked competition. Uh, say what you like about Roberto Firmino. I know Liverpool fans listening in will, will disagree with me, but he's not the title-winning number nine. Mm -hmm. I say that considering he's won the title, but <laughs> I feel like he's not your 30-goal-a-season striker. Yes, he does a lot more for the team. In fact, he definitely does a lot more, but you need competition there. And I think that's another area they could have addressed. Again, I touched on clubs ailing across the continent. Barcelona are there for the taking. Inter Milan are possibly there for the taking. Whether Liverpool could have snug a deal there. But Liverpool are run by good people, man. Michael Edwards and stuff, they know what they're doing. So again, there's still, I think, just under a month in this transfer window. So never say never. I think Liverpool will realise their rivals are strengthening. Especially if Man City get the Kane deal over the line, then Liverpool are going to want to do something. I just hope they don't leave it too late and then end up scrambling. Yeah, good point, man. I think it will be premature at this point to, to judge club's uh, transfer window. Uh, because I think with the, the, the season to go, I think... There's going to be so many changes. I see, like like you mentioned, Harry Kane could go, go mm. to Manchester City. I think clubs like Arsenal and Spurs, I think they're going to do much, much more in this market. 
Uh, by the time the transfer window ends, uh, lots of things could change. So we, we shall see uh, what happens in that regard. Raushan, that's it for the first segment. Obviously, transfers have been a trending topic for this week. But listeners can look forward to us discussing all the hot topics of the game week in the episodes ahead. For now though, let's move on to the next segment. Right, this is Who's Next, where we will look ahead to the matches in the game week, starting with the Live Now match of the week. And of course, this is also where we will share our FPL picks. So what is the Live Now match of the week, Deepan? It's of course Norwich at home at Carroll Road taking on Liverpool. A reminder that you can go on to Live Now's app on your smartphone or to the official site to catch this game live. Now, Norwich... This is, of course, a newly promoted side into the English Premier League, a club that we saw in action not too long ago. Uh, I remember, I think a few seasons ago, they kicked off the season as well uh, against Liverpool. I think they went down 3-1 or 4-1 to, to Liverpool. Do you think it's going to go in the same vein this time around? Or do you perhaps see Norwich you know, causing an upset in the first game? I highly doubt Norwich are going to cause an upset. But having said that, I don't think it's going to be straightforward for Liverpool. Purely because they're playing away from home. Carroll Road is going to be packed because it's the first top flight game in a long while for Norwich. But I do expect goals. I think as with the first few seasons in the Premier League, uh, first few games in the Premier League season, there's still nerves, there's still cobwebs. So it'll be an entertaining fixture. But I fully expect Liverpool to kickstart the season with a win. And then they'll build from there for Norwich. I think on paper, they will look at this game and, okay, like, come on, they're not going to beat Liverpool. But funny things have happened in football. But for me, if you put my neck on the line, I'll say... Liverpool win and I'll put Salah in my team as well. La, Fantasy Premier League team. Okay, yeah. So, good good, good point to mention about Salah. So, you're, you're definitely going with Salah in your, in your Fantasy League. Is this because, you know, because I think at least more than 50% of, of players will definitely have uh, more Salah in their teams. Is this purely because of that or you really think Salah is going to collect points? I think Salah will collect points and I also think 50% of the people who have him in their team can't be wrong. And I'm also thinking... With the opening weekends in the Fantasy Premier League, you need to be a bit risk-averse. You need to get your usuals in there because, for example, Jaron Sancho is not going to go into my first week team because I don't think he's going to make a splash. If he starts, I'll be surprised. If he comes off the bench, all's good, but I doubt so. So, to start with, I'm going to go with a very uh, careful, calibrated approach and that's why I would take someone who's... I mean, last season, everybody says Salah, bad season, Salah, bad season. Salah still banging the goals, bro. And having said that, I think Mane as well is an interesting pick because I think Mane had a drop-off towards the end of last year and he was fairly vocal about it. But Mane comes across as one of these guys who, all right, I messed up. How am I going to make it right? I think he would have enjoyed the break and then come back stronger. So Mane, Salah for me, interesting options. The other one who I would include is uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think him getting injured for England is a blessing in disguise for all us fantasy Premier League players because he would have spent the off-season recuperating and then come back stronger. Especially because Andrew Robertson picked up an injury in the last friendly, so he might not be the fullback of choice. And Trent has proven time and again he should be a fullback of choice. Might cost a little, but I think worth it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I mean, I do see the sense in your choices, uh, but I disagree a little. So, um, the choice that I'm making... You're the king. <laughs> a self-appointed <laughs> one. Uh, I would say my choice for this game would be to go with Roberto Firmino. Ooh. The man that you say isn't fit Not to... Timu Buki, ah? <laughs> no, that one for different reasons, bro. <laughs> but for Firmino, he comes in at 9 million, which is a premium price that you pay for forward in FPL. But look, I think the season that he had last year wasn't a great one on all accounts. Um, like Mane, I think he'll come in to try to prove a point in this coming season. You just saw the stat he scored two goals in the last game, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's something I was coming to next. Ah, there we go. So in uh, the recent friendly that Liverpool played against uh, Osasuna in a 3-1 win, Roberto Fonio banged in two goals. Pre-season, uh, So I think with this form that he's coming into, I think, you know... One game, two goals. Form. Yeah, form, bro. <laughs> you should... You're only as good as the last game my coach used to tell me. You know? So I think Firmino is a good pick to have against this Norwich defence, which went down 3-0 to Newcastle a few days ago in a pre-season friendly. So if Newcastle, Dwight Gale can score against Norwich... I think Firmino has every chance too. I might even captain him. So, you know, I think Firmino is a good choice. And also, Don't believe him, guys. Don't believe him. <laughs> like you mentioned earlier about Robertson's injury. I think it's actually a good time to bring in Simikas, who's probably going to replace him at the left-back slot. And I think he comes in at about 4 million on FPL, which is a bargain, right, for any Liverpool defender. Because yeah. they might probably keep a clean sheet. Uh, I think it's a good choice to have him because 
from what I've read, uh, Simikas has been having a good preseason with Liverpool as well. So again, these are the two players I would pick out to you know keep an eye on uh, ahead of your match day one. Let's move on to the next game. Of course, it's a Saturday fixture. It's Manchester United against Leeds United. Of course, this was an exciting game last season. I think uh, it ended 6-2 in the favour of Manchester United uh, at Old Trafford. I think the returning game was a nil-nil draw. Raushan, do you think Manchester United have to win the opening day game simply because, you know, there's a lot of excitement now, fans are expecting. Uh, is this a must-win fixture? I think whenever Manchester United play, every game inevitably becomes a must-win. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're starting the season with such a wave of optimism. But it's not going to be easy. Leeds United are no pushovers at all. Under Bielsa especially, I think. In fact, they're probably still running, bro. Now what time? They, <laughs> they must be running, I say 2.4, but they're probably running much more than that all the time. Yeah. So they're going to be the fittest team in the league. One of the fittest team in the league. And I, I think that's why Manchester United are not going to have an easy ride. No chance it's going to be 6-2. But I do feel like with Old Trafford back buzzing, that would help Manchester United's cause. And it's an old rivalry against Leeds United. This one team talk doesn't have to be said. You already The United players will already know what they're going up against. And that's why I think it's going to be such a tasty fixture. And I know the Premier League choose their fixtures based on TV schedules. I'm just grateful it's at 7.30pm Singapore time because I can't remember when's the last time I had a primetime Manchester United game to watch. And I'm really looking forward to Saturday. Yep. Uh, in terms of your fantasy picks... Uh, who do you think is someone to keep an eye on for this fixture? Of course, you know, the obvious one that I'm going to start off by saying is, of course, Bruno Fernandes, uh, who is coming in at 12 million though. I mean, quite a hefty price to pay for a dif- uh, for a midfielder, especially. I know he's Manchester United midfielder. We know that I Bruno... thought you'll say Ilanga, bro, because he scored a couple of goals last time out. I thought that's <laughs> no, your this observation. One, this one, they're a bit different. <laughs> uh, Bruno Fernandes, I think, you see, the worry for me is that I think a lot of times last season, he brought in dirty points. Mm. When I say dirty points, is like from penalties and, you know, the assists just before uh, a tap-in, you know, those kind of stuff. I, I think this season, especially if you've read news, I think with a lot of changes to VR and whatnot, I don't think penalties are going to be as easy to come by as they were last season. So I don't see Bruno scoring as many penalties. Um, so that might be a problem. But look, at the end of the day, Bruno is Bruno. He is the main creative outlet for Manchester United. And if Manchester United forwards are going to be informed, then I think Bruno is a go-to guy because he's going to get you assist points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's one. And then another player that I think we have to mention is Luke Shaw. Of course. Wow, yeah. what a Euros yeah. campaign he yeah. had. Yeah. Um, and I think you cannot move away from the fact that he's on set pieces, right? Yeah. Uh, I think in the, the recent friendly against Everton, uh, the corner that he whipped in for Maguire to hit in, yeah. that was perfect. So I think especially, and you have to consider this as well, if you read uh, Manchester, or if you follow Manchester United closely, you'll know that they have a new set piece coach this season. Yeah. So, with set pieces now being at the forefront of United's attacking and defending plays, you know, a Luke Shaw set piece is going to come into so much of points. Uh, do you agree with me on that regard? Again, we spoke about addressing deficiencies. I think Manchester United have gone out and done it beyond just transfers. To your point, signing signing on the new set piece coach, who I think came from Chelsea, if I'm not wrong. Yes. So, Luke Shaw is going to be, be a good player. I, I would have him. I would have him alongside Trent. And then there'll be a third defender amongst there. I will play a 3-5-2, but that one later. Uh, but eventually... You show me Luke, your cards all, lah. <laughs> you know, for the fans, you know. <laughs> eventually, I think Luke Shaw is one of those players who's going to do really well because last season, Manchester United attacked down the left a lot with Luke Shaw and uh, Rashford. Maybe if they do the same this year, they might get found out. But Manchester United have Jadon Sancho coming in on the right. So that will open up spaces for Luke Shaw to bombard even more. And that's where my optimism comes from. And as well as Rafael Varane coming into the defence might even win him a clean sheet point or two in the long run. So looking forward to that, I think Luke Shaw will be in my team. Bruno, just to touch on your point about Bruno, I take your point about dirty points, ugly points, but points are points. Mm -hmm. Bruno has to be there purely because 50-60% would have picked him. I don't think the first few weeks is your time to cash in on differentials just yet. You want to... it's It's a marathon, not a sprint. So I think we, as fantasy Premier League players, should tread with caution that way and see where we go. And people like Bruno are going to be in everybody's team. You can maybe cash in on your differential on a captain pick. But if you're going to miss out on Bruno for somebody else, then you're taking a big risk. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think fair point. Fair point raised there. Uh, Next game we are focusing on is, of course, Chelsea against Crystal Palace. A London derby to kick things off for Chelsea. Uh, Do you think Chelsea in this game... 
um, also need to go out and you know set the mark for for themselves and you know for the Premier League season ahead. Do you see this being a convincing victory? Because I think when when we look at Crystal Palace over the last few seasons, uh, we've had we have a certain image of them. I mean, because they were under Roy Hodgson, we know what to expect more or less. But I think. It's my personal opinion. I think it's going to be a very different Crystal Palace yep. uh, this coming season. Yeah. I think we, we were talking about this uh, a few days ago and you were telling me that uh, you read something where um, Patrick Vieira is the, the most tipped uh, manager to get a sack yep. uh, first in the Premier League season. Uh, do, you, do you subscribe to that? Do you think Vieira is not going to do well at Palace? What are you expecting from Palace actually? I think with Crystal Palace, they got a bit of PTSD from when Frank De Boer was their manager. <laughs> I think six games in or what, he got the sack. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't recall, but mm. very quickly. Yeah. So that's where I think the negativity around Patrick Vieira stems from. Also the fact that he's only coached in the French Liga. Yep. And prior to that, he was in America, but I'm not going to count that. Sorry, Phil Neville. But anyway, I think under Vieira, the only way is up. Crystal Palace badly needed a reboot. Uncle Uncle Roy had to go already. Uncle Roy went. Enough. Collect CPF, jalan. <laughs> Time for Patrick Vieira to come in and have his vision in the Premier League. And I think because there's such a reboot for Crystal Palace, they, he will be afforded time. Sorry, I just have to ask you this. Is Wilfred Zaha still at Crystal Palace? Yeah, fantastically, he still is. That's crazy. Yeah, every season... That's funny. Every season, there's a yeah. there's a transfer rumour about him. But this season, there, there was none. Maybe that's the Vieira effect. Time will tell. Maybe that's your differential for fantasy. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> suggesting it, but... King, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, you see this now, then, <laughs> then next week you will say, I told you about Zaha, you should have put him in. Is that what you're going to say? I mean, it's on record now, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but, but Palace have made good signings. Uh, I think when you look at Michael Olise from Reading, uh, he's someone who really excited the championship. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether, you know, you want to put him in right away uh, in your in your teams because you, you are not quite sure how Palace are going to line up, right? Because this is, like we mentioned, a new team. It's a reboot. How Palace line up, we are really not quite sure. So I can't suggest anyone from Crystal Palace. Uh, but I would say in terms of Chelsea, there's one guy that you've got to have in your team, which I for sure will be having in my team. And that's Hakim Ziyech. He comes in at 7.5 million. It's a bargain. Uh, it's bargain. a bargain. Mm. Look, there, there are two reasons here why. First and foremost, let me get it out of the way. Preseason. Okay. <laughs> you say one, huh? <laughs> he scored five goals in preseason. And okay. this wow. included two against Spurs. Stat attack, not bad. Yeah. This, this included two goals against Spurs in the last game. I, I think if a creative midfielder is scoring in preseason, that's all you need. That's all you need to have him in your team. And I'm going to have him in my team. I and, also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You, you better. And, and second reason is, you, we look at last season. Yeah. Fair to say, disappointing season for Ziyech. 100% given, quiet. Yeah, given what radar. we expected. Yeah, yeah. So again, he's one of those players in the bracket where, you know, my first season didn't go so well. I'm going to show this season Something to about. prove. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Something yeah, to prove. Yeah. And I think these are the kind of players we need to look out for in FPL because... When you have something to prove, you have that extra edge in your game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is what is going to propel him into getting some good points this season. Fantastic idea. Uh, maybe as much as Romelu Lukaku did uh, when he got 90 points uh, in the season. Is that my... That's not his best best points tally. Not bad. Good try. Okay. But you're way off, bro. Way off? <laughs> so it wasn't 90? No. Nowhere near 90? No. Okay. Fine. But now going back to Chelsea's FPLs. Besides Ziyech, is there anyone else... You've marked out for, for FPL? Uh, I think Ziyech is an excellent pick. I'm going to steal it. But apart from that, yeah, no one for me. No one yeah, for eventually you. when Lukaku comes on board, I will have ah. Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, so that, that's actually a good point, right? But Lukaku, I'm thinking that he's going to be massively Lukaku overpriced. Lukaku over Firmino for me, eh? just putting it out there. Yeah, I mean, for me too. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm not going to defend my <laughs> Firmino choice, but I, I don't think Lukaku is going to be cheap at all, you yep. know? I, I even foresee him being at least 11 million, mm, mm. Uh, closer to, to Bruno's pricing. So, if you're going to have players like Bruno, uh, even Ziyech, even 7.5 million, is there going to be space for Lukaku? Depends what formation you play. You're asking for too much now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Lukaku is a must-have yeah. when, when he comes I in. I agree. Because he's going to be your focal point for Chelsea. Yeah. Everything is going to go right through we him. We talk about dirty points. Lukaku is going to score you dirty goals, man. He's going to get his head in there. He's going to throw his left leg, throw his right leg, throw his pantat. He's going to score. He's the so poacher. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. So, ultimate poacher and... Probably going to be a very crucial signing for Chelsea. And that's why I would have Lukaku when he eventually comes along. But for this week, I'll definitely have Ziyech. Perfect. Uh, let's end off uh, the previews with our last game, which is on Sunday night. It's Tottenham Hotspur against Manchester City. In this game, I think, um, I'm not quite sure what to expect, right? Because I think in previous seasons, we've seen uh, Spurs getting the better hand sometimes of, of City. Uh, but this time around, it's a brand new Spurs, new manager at the helm, like we discussed earlier with Nuno. 
do you think Spurs have what it takes in this game to cause an upset? Uh, or do you think it's going to be City all the way? Look, with Tottenham, the preseason has been dominated by this whole hurricane coming for training, not coming for training saga. And that's why possibly you don't know what to expect going against Manchester City. But if you're going to psych yourself up for a game, it has to be against the defending champions, right? So, there's that and there's also Nuno. Nuno looks like a guy who will do his homework compared to me in school. He will do his homework very well. And that's why maybe Guardiola is in for a big test here. I don't think Guardiola has had the preseason he would like, apart from the signings. I think a lot of players have missed out for too long. We saw that when they lost to Leicester City 1-0 in the Community Shield. Uh, so that might have hampered his preparations. And it's going to be an interesting game. I think Tottenham have it in their sleeve. This will be the best time to pull up upset against Manchester City, man. Uh, and now moving into the FPL aspects of things. Uh, once again, I'm going to go with a preseason stat here. But disclaimer, just before you know, anyone attacks me for this, I'm someone who really believes that you cannot judge something from a preseason alone. <laughs> Having but, said that, but, all his picks were based wait, on preseason. But, but the reason why I say this is because uh, I think when it comes to goals, it's actually something that becomes muscle memory almost, I think. Uh, when you score one, you know, confidence seeps in and you know, you know that when you take on a defender, you know, when you cut in from your left or from your right, when you take the shot, you think you can score. So you, you are more than likely to go for the shot than to pass it on. So I think because if you have a good goal scoring spree in preseason, I think chances are you'll carry on to, to when the season starts. So in that vein, my pick for FPL in this particular game would be Riyad Mahrez. He scored, of course, three goals in preseason for Manchester City. But quite a pricey pick comes in at, comes in at 9 million, uh, which is, of course, quite a lot for, for someone in FPL. Uh, but I think that Mahrez is going to be a focal point for City this season. But of course, with any Man City player that you pick, right? Will he or will he not That's play? That's the problem with Man City, right? My biggest, why I'm scared to pick Man City players is for the reason you just said. Who knows what Guardiola is thinking? Even I feel Guardiola like, doesn't know what he's thinking. Bro. <laughs> I feel like uh, the Champions League final proved yeah. as much. But maybe Guardiola is the guy who will see, hey, how many Man City players these uh, fans have chosen, huh? I'm not going to start that guy. He looks like a psycho <laughs> like that. So that's why I'm averse to picking a Manchester City forward. Mm -hmm. In defence, perhaps, for Ruben Diaz, yep, yep. Who, who is solid, who is rock solid, might not get a clean sheet against Tottenham, but if you're building a squad for the, for the full season, then Ruben Diaz has to come into the picture there. And just quickly moving to Tottenham, someone's going to have to carry the attacking threat in the absence of Harry Kane. I say absence, he might still start, but Harry Kane historically has done poorly in August. I think the, the those who played FPL long enough will will attest to this. So Son Heung-min comes in as a natural possibility to 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 take on the goal scoring burden. Maybe Son Heung-min you can plumb for him, and that's where you might earn a point. But if you're not willing to spend so much on your attack, then for me, I would go for Manchester City defender in Ruben Diaz. You you talked about Harry Kane, right? I think he's one reason why you should have a City defender or a goalkeeper in your team for this week. Simply because Harry Kane hasn't played in any of these preseason friendlies. And I think, yeah, like you mentioned, I agree with you, it doesn't start off well. But if you don't have a Harry Kane there, you don't have a threat there for, for Man City to, to be wary of. So I think going for Edison or like you said, Ruben Diaz or John Stones could be a smart pick. I know Edison comes in at about 6 million, which is very pricey for a goalkeeper. But look, I think with Edison there, you have more or less secured a, a clean sheet for yourself in, in at least one of the three coming game weeks. So I would have Edison in my team and you know have a have a cheaper keeper because look, Edison is someone who will not be prone to Pep's rotation. Yep. Yep. He's he's going to be yep. there. Yep. Maybe maybe towards the end of the season, you know, um, uh, the reserve keeper might play, but for the for the main part of the season, Edison is always going to be there. So you don't have to worry about a reserve keeper anymore after that. You just put him there and he stays there for the rest of the season. That's a good school of thought, but when I identify my goalkeeper pick for my team, I know goalkeepers get points based on saves they make. Mm. So I don't know how many saves Edison would have to make, especially when he has such a solid defence in front of him. In years gone by, I used to get Shea Given from Newcastle all those years ago, purely because his defence will leak, but he'll be defending uh, from the front as a goalkeeper and making saves. So in that sense, I don't agree with your Edison pick. I might go for someone like Emi Martinez because I think the defence is solid, but I think the defence is still leaky. So, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. I'll fight your Edison point, actually. I think even though you make a good point about the saves, I think what Edison brings you is a potential of assist points. I think there were a couple of times last season where, you know, he was the one who ended up with an assist. 
I know might not happen uh, too often. Then Alisson lah bro, he can score goals also apparently. Yeah, I mean, if you say that, that, that could also be a point for you. But I think with Ederson, I really, really think City are going to be good in defence. Uh, a stabilised partnership with uh, Stones and Diaz. Uh, I think that could be the way forward. Uh, and yeah, so I think for me, I will go with Ederson. In terms of other City assets, like you mentioned, I think I'm not quite sure because of the rotation. Maybe uh, five game weeks or six game weeks into the season, we might have a better picture. For example, where is Grealish going to play? Is he going to be a number eight? Is he going to be a winger? We, we are not quite sure. So on that regard, just hold your horses, see how City perform and then pick your City assets. And just looking at the other games, one other player I'm going to have as a must-have for my team is... Drum rolls... Kalichi Ihenacho. Scored the goal against City to win the Community Shield. Didn't start, by the way. I didn't know that. Thank you for the stat. <laughs> and that's why I think this season, Jamie Vardy, I know he's he's a legend and all that, but I think this season is where Kalichi is going to lead the line for City, uh, for Leicester City uh, mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. And that's why Kalichi would be a shoe-in for me in that in that team. La. And yeah, just moving on before we wrap up, Deepan, I want to put you on the spot to get a couple of more predictions for the season ahead. And perhaps we can revisit this when the season finishes and then see how off we were or how right we were. So let's work our way from the first one. Who's the first manager who's going to get sacked? I know Sam Allardyce will be the first manager to come in, but I want to know who's the first manager that will get sacked. Well, I, I think it's going to be... I'm sorry, Arsenal fans, but I think it's going to be Mikel Arteta. Uh, I think I'm surprised that he's still in the job because I think with the way Arsenal season went last season, um, quite quite fascinating that they finished where they did I think 8th or ninth, and, and he's still in the job because Arsenal are a big club let's not get that wrong uh, I think they deserve much better uh, I'm not saying Arteta is a bad manager because I truly believe he can go on to become a really good manager because uh, when Pep gives you an endorsement I think it shows you what kind of calibre you have but for some reason or another it hasn't quite worked out for him at Arsenal uh, I feel a, a slow start to the season here could cost him um, but it could go the other way as well, right? If they get good signings and reinforcements in, I think Atada can do a good job. Uh, but it all depends on how the transfer window pans out. But because you're asking me a question right now, my immediate answer is Atata. For me, I think I'm going to go for Wayne Rooney. Oh, sorry, Premier League. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for uh, Dean Smith. Dean Smith, okay. I think there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. with the signings he's brought in in terms of being backed. And I have a feeling it's not going to click in place. I think uh, Aston Villa a couple of seasons ago did really well to escape relegation. And then last season, they really pressed on from there. But I think this season might be a step too far. The fairy tale aspect of it is we want to see a neutral club like Aston Villa go on to achieve European football perhaps. But I don't see it happening. I think Dean Smith will get the sack. And I'm giving you a bonus by saying I think Frank Lampard is going to come in and take the Villa job. Wow, okay. Nice. So let's move on to relegation. Mm-hmm. Who do you think are your three clubs who are going to get relegated? Yep, I would go for Burnley, uh, Watford, and Newcastle. Um, I think Burnley, you don't, I don't have to say much. I think they have not reinforced well. I mean, no, you don't even say well. I think they've only signed Nathan Collins from from Stoke Central centre back. Uh, but besides that, I think midfield and attack wise, they haven't reinforced at all. I think they'll go down finally. Uh, Watford as well. I think is a club that has been in and out of the Premier League. Uh, I think once again, they'll be out of the Premier League. They might come back in next year. Yo-Yo. Uh, Yo-Yo club, exactly. And I don't think they have the Premier League assets uh, to, to really challenge the clubs in the Premier League. And finally, Newcastle. To me, over the last few uh, days, we have seen, uh, I think, Willock come in uh, as, a, as a potential new signing for Newcastle. And Newcastle fans have been rejoicing and all. Look, if Willock is your answer, then what is the question? Uh, I think really, with, with, with that alone, Everything can be said. I don't think Newcastle have what it takes to survive in the Premier League. Um, said as, as as someone who really likes Steve Bruce, I think he deserves uh, he deserves credit lah for, for keeping Newcastle up last season, but I don't think that's going to happen in the season ahead. What about you? I take your points about Burnley and Watford. I think they are gonzo. Burnley stay too long already. Time to go Basi already. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Watford, yo-yo. But Brentford, for me, don't have a Premier League squad. I think on paper, it's nice, the fairy tale, them making it through the playoffs and then eventually finding their way amidst the big boys. But yeah, they're just going to have one fairy tale season and I think they might be plump last before the 38 games are even played, man. Wow, okay, yeah. nice. Uh, let's move on to the Europa qualifiers. Uh, in terms of who makes it to Europa, uh, are you quite sure of which clubs you think will make it to Europa? Because I, I think for me, um, which is of course opposing to your point, right? Which is I think that Aston Villa will actually make 
the the Europa places simply because I think they've got really really good players like I mentioned at the top of the show. Um, I think Dean Smith is a good enough manager. I think um, the squad picks itself right now. I think uh, when you have Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings among your frontmen, uh, I think really you've got a really good chance uh, at the Premier League. I think the supporting cast as well is there. So Arsenal Villa is one for me. And the other one I will go for is actually Spurs. Um, you know, initially, I think when we were talking about uh, the Premier League, I was thinking that Spurs could even make the Champions League places. Uh, but I was looking at the squad and you know, it's more of a thing of me thinking, you know, who will they sign before the season ends? Uh, I think they will sign a few more good players, but I'm not sure who they are yet. So I, I can't be very sure of that. But I think I've been very impressed with them signing Christian Romero yep. uh, and Brian Hill. Uh, I think they'll be good signings. So I think they'll just about miss out on Champions League, uh, but they'll be good for the Europa places. I'm going to choose two different teams completely. Mm-hmm. And I have my own reasons for that. I think Leeds United are going to have a good season. I know a lot of teams suffer from second season syndrome sometimes, but I don't think Bielsa is going to let that happen. And they'll push on from where uh, they picked up. Uh, I think Rafina can push them on for Europa League qualification place at least. And then my next pick, sorry guys, is going to be Liverpool. Oof. You just made us lose a, a few listeners, uh, potential listeners from the Liverpool side. Right? I mean, those who stop listening don't even deserve to be listening to this pod. Ooh. But anyway, those who are sticking around, this is my reason why Liverpool are going to only make it to the Europa League. I think Klopp hasn't done well enough to strengthen his midfield. I think that will come back and bite them eventually. Uh, and I think in attack, they don't have the competition. Only Jota is the only player who will provide firm competition at least. I know they got Harvey Elliott, but is he ready to make the step-up time? will tell. He might be a Greenwood, but I doubt so. And I think just Liverpool are going to suffer because, yes, they might start the season with a bang and push on from there. But in January, there's going to come the FCON and then key players are going to leave for that tournament. And that's where I think Liverpool's push for the top four finish will, will derail. And I think that's why Liverpool will eventually have to settle for the Europa League place. Fantastic point about the African Cup of Nations. Um, actually, I think that Liverpool will make the Champions League places. Uh, here's why. I think after the season that they had last year, I think they did fantastic to 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 be able to finish in the Champions League places after uh, such a slow start to the season, right? But look, this is Liverpool we're talking about. Uh, I think Jurgen Klopp would have spoken to his players, you know, t- told them that, you know, we've got to make it a strong campaign this time around. I think with Van Dijk back there, Fans uh, back as well. Yeah, we fans, gotta say that. Yeah, fans yeah. back as well. And this makes Enfield a really of tough pli- tough place yeah. to go to. Yeah. So I think Liverpool will do well this season. Um they're again one of those clubs that you know haven't really made a big splash in the transfer market uh, and could well do that, you know, before the season ends. Uh, I think Liverpool got a quality. Um in terms of the supporting cast, uh, when Mane and Salah go off, you brought up a very good point. Uh whether Jota and Minamino are able to fill that void. Not quite sure, but I think... Pre-season how, bro? Pre- <laughs> wow, actually, funny that you asked. Minamino has been performing, performing well in pre-season. Uh, but again... Yeah. I mean, we've seen him in the Premier League. You know, hasn't quite worked out for him yet. Uh, remains to be seen. But like, just because um, of the club that they are, you know, the players that they have, for uh, they've won the Premier League not too long ago, I, I do see them still making the, the Champions League places. Uh, and of course, the three other clubs that will make the places for me is Chelsea, uh, United, and of course, City. For me, um, who's going to make Champions League places top four in no particular order? Manchester City have to be up there. Chelsea have to be up there. Lukaku or no Lukaku, Chelsea will be up there. Manchester United will be up there. And for me, the fourth and final team that will make it into the Champions League will be Leicester City. Wow. Purely because I think under Brendan Rodgers, they've played bridesmaid for so long. A couple of seasons ago, they were in the top four for so long and then lost out on the final day to Manchester United. Last season, there was a dip-off towards the end. Yes, they won the FA Cup, but then it wasn't a top four finish. And I think this year is the year where Brendan Rodgers is going to break that glass ceiling. I really rate Brendan Rodgers as a manager. I think he's a fantastic guy at a club like Leicester City. And that's why I think they deserve it. I know we've already played in the fairy tale card with Leicester. But finishing in the top four amidst all the competition this year will be another fairy tale for the Foxes. And I think they are going to do it. And finally, before we go, who are going to be the champions this year? For me, I think it's going to be a toss-up between uh, Manchester City and Chelsea. Simply because I think they've got uh, two of the best squads in the Premier League. Um, a lot of people will be wondering why you know I've not said Manchester United. I mean, it's simple for me. You look at the midfield, it's not a title-winning, worthy midfield. Uh, they've got to reinforce there if you have any chance of winning the Premier League. I think with Manchester City and Chelsea, you've got Really, players who have 
the winning experience. I think that's what you really need when you go for titles. And United don't have that, I'm sorry to say. Um, so to me, yeah, it's between Chelsea and City. If you really want me to pick one winner yes, from do. them, <laughs> I would say City simply because I think they've got um, much more quality in depth. And if I had to choose someone, I'm going to go for Chelsea. I think Romelu Lukaku as a signing is going to be different level because they already have such a stellar spot supporting cast behind Lukaku and adding Lukaku is just going to make that attack so strong and that's why I think they're going to be difficult to beat. I think Tuchel, if he achieved that in six months, it'd be interesting to see what he's going to achieve with a full preseason. and I don't think Chelsea are done. I don't think Lukaku will be their only signing. I expect a few more through the window. We will revisit this as the season goes on. But right here, right now, I think Chelsea will be Premier League champions come the end of the season. There's interesting picks there. Uh, if you're listening in and disagree with our picks... Confirm Liverpool fans. <laughs> please do drop us a comment and convince us otherwise. Uh, of course, you can comment on our Instagram pages, tag us on Twitter or even Facebook. Because uh, let's be honest, half the time, it's the fans' opinions that really count and you know the debate, the mixed f- football watching, the, the experience that it really is. And Deepan, before we go, so much talk about Fantasy Premier League. Surely the final whistle has a Fantasy League which I can win, right? <laughs> you can try it. Uh. Uh, so yeah, you can join the Final Whistle Fantasy Premier League competition. Just head on to our Instagram pages, Facebook pages or Twitter pages to find the, the unique code to enter the league. Um, there's going to be attractive prizes to be won as well. So uh, if you are someone who has the confidence, so if you are... As if you're conf- Nippon, basically. Yeah, if you're me, you know, <laughs> if you can win the leagues, uh, come and join us. Uh, and yeah, that's a wrap for this episode, Raushan. Uh, what are you looking forward to most this coming weekend? I mean, just football coming back. I'm looking forward to Super Sunday, man. Lion City Sailors against Temperance Rovers. <laughs> How to go wrong? Okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm also looking forward to... They're actually very kind to play that game on Sunday because on Saturday, there's Manchester United yeah. against Leeds United. Wow. But just overall, having fans back in the stadium. I think for the Singapore Premier League, we got 100. That doesn't really count as fans or atmosphere. But for the Premier League to have fans back, it brings me closer to normalcy. And I think that's exciting for me. I think most fans would agree that it's just going to be nice to be watching a full-packed stadium with football being played and I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, I'm looking forward to uh, winning the top prize in the Final Whistle Fantasy Premier League. Full confidence, huh? But before I That's sign out... That's half the game also. <laughs> before, before I sign out, just want to get my answer to the trivia. Ooh. So the Romelu Lukaku's best ever FPL season came in 2016-17 when he picked up 221 points. Wow. And, and you said 90. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you was... want to take tips from this guy. Yeah? Hey, I, I, I don't count the numbers from previous seasons. I look forward all the time. You know? <laughs> okay, okay. And, and let's see whether this season Lukaku goes anywhere near that, that record points that Even he more. had. Yeah. And here's, here's in the spirit of looking forward, the next episode, trivia's on you, man. All right, fine. A uh, huge thank you to all the listeners. We hope you've enjoyed our company and we hope you'll enjoy the action together with us on live now. Till next week, this is Deepan. This is Raushan. Goodbye. See you later.